0: No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Super Nutritious, Super Delicious Aloha Protein Powder. Get through the holiday rush with a rush of pure, energizing, plant-based protein. Choose from chocolate or vanilla blends for 18 delicious grams of protein power built from the very best whole food ingredients. Enter promo code ALOHA20 on aloha.com to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015.
1: This episode is also brought to you by Thrive Market. Here at No Meat Athlete, we care about what we put in our bodies, But as anyone who favors whole organic foods knows, good food can get expensive. Enter Thrive Market, an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries for up to 50% off retail price and shipped all over the United States for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash nomeatathlete to start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington
0: D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey, everyone! And welcome to episode 121 of No Meat Athlete Radio, and the last one of 2015. Dougie, already for your big epic New Year celebration that I know you do every year? I am so pumped for my... You're known, you're known for your New Year's epic celebrations, aren't you? I know. They they write books about that. <laughs> about my
1: my New Year's celebration.
0: Yes. I, I like New Year's. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, so we'll do some sort of brand new year episode in our next one. Uh, but this time, we've got another interview, which we've done a decent job of getting back into the habit of, uh, kind of alternating with between the episodes that are me and you. Uh, this one with... Bagio Husidic, who is a player for the LA Galaxy. So professional, or I guess it's Major League Soccer, MLS player, um, professional soccer player, which I think is is pretty cool. Because I've always been, I can't call myself a soccer fan, it just would, would be not true. But <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it, I have a, a fascination with it, I guess I appreciate the beauty of it. You know, whenever the World Cup comes on, as we've talked about, uh, I just, I can get really into that and, and feel like, man, it would be so great to live in Europe and or somewhere else and just have soccer like be the sport that's that everyone's so into all the time instead of football or baseball or whatever right right um it ends there that's kind of the world cup ends and i forget about it but uh i don't know i just i just really do like soccer i enjoy watching the games and uh i I don't know i was excited to talk to him because i hadn't i did not know first of all that there were any vegan mls players and uh it it's really neat actually which i didn't find out until the interview but to, to hear about how the results that he's experienced since he started eating this way, because he started eating this way really, for the same reason I did for ethical reasons, and then was surprised uh at the hmm. at the physical benefits that happened
1: that is cool, especially for a professional athlete to take that risk and
0: yes, exactly, and we talked about that, and uh it was funny to him it it didn't seem like a huge risk i mean at least I got that sense from my interview mm-hmm. um but yeah, so um that parallel and many others i I drew between his professional athlete life and my uh my professional blogger life I tried to <laughs> <laughs> show my, as many parallels as I could um uh, who, who knows how I did yeah. but that is anyway. cool
1: and and soccer is just such a, a neat sport. I'm kind of in the same boat as you are about not really following it at all but you know out of all the sports at least popular in America, it seems like soccer just you, you have to be the best athlete out of all of them. And I might be wrong about that, but, you know, you run so much more. There's so much technical skill in how you handle the ball. You know, it's like, yeah,
0: I, I, could, I could see something like that. I'm sure people would argue with it, but I, I, I see what you mean. You need to be an all-around athlete for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I like it. And I think, you know, any, anyone who actually is a soccer fan is going to listen to this and say, well, those guys aren't really soccer fans. No, um, and we're not. We're not pretending to be. just I, I appreciate it's a, it's a really cool sport, and I, mm. I wish I were a bigger fan than I am, I guess I could say. Cool. So anyway, um, let's see about him. I, I did a little research on him before I I did this. Oh, by the way, he told me he was named after Roberto Baggio, who was the famous Italian player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug, you may be too young to remember this, but in the ninety, I think ninety four World Cup, he missed a uh, uh, like a match was it might have been the final was was a zero zero match went to penalty kicks and he missed he kicked one over the crossbar. Uh, I think it was the final kick and ended up. Causing Italy to lose, I guess. I don't, not totally sure if I'm remembering this exactly, but it was a, it was a huge thing. I remember it was a really big deal, and I think his like his car got blown up or something when he got back to Italy, and his dog got killed or something, and all kinds of crazy soccer stuff. Not that, not that Colombian guy. That was a different thing where the Colombian guy scored an own goal against the U.S. and he got shot, I think, uh, and killed. I could don't know that for a fact either, but I think that's what happened.
1: Man, Uh, soccer is so cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. People are just that into it. It's Ah. it's really neat. But a shame, of course, that that
1: that's what oh, yeah. happened. Sure, of course.
0: Uh, the other interesting thing I found of note when I looked up Bajic was that the the LA Galaxy had a twenty six pass sequence that resulted in a goal by Bajic, and you can watch the clip online. Uh, it was a big deal, you know, written up in wherever ESPN and all these other places that they possessed the ball for 26 straight passes and, often, and resulted in a goal, and this was some kind of record. But it's a cool thing to watch, just to see them hold the ball that
1: long. Yeah,
0: that sounds awesome. We can put a link to that clip, or you can just Google uh, LA Galaxy 26 pass thing, and you will find it. Cool. So don't Google 26 pass thing. You probably won't find it. <laughs>
1: 26 pass goal sequence or something, and you'll find it. We'll put a link. How about we yeah. direct people to the show notes? There we go. And those show notes, Doug, will be housed at what URL? NoMeatAthlete.com slash radio dash one two one. There you go. That's the way to
0: find any episode, by the way, if you're ever curious uh, about show notes. And last things to say, we mentioned Landon Donovan in this interview, who I think is a current LA Galaxy player, at least recently has been. And uh, he was, I, I didn't realize he had actually tried a vegan diet for a while, but he was on the cover of Brendan Brazier's Thrive magazine. I remember that. And I remember thinking, wow, that's cool. I didn't know he was vegan. Uh, but then it sounds like I heard that later that he wasn't. and He was just kind of featured as a, as a you know fairly clean eating athlete uh, who Brendan probably knew. But it sounds like from this interview, when I talked to, to Baggio about this, it sounded like Landon actually did try a vegan diet for a while, ended up going back to eating some meat.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I thought it was cool that he tried it.
1: Does, do you know, it, if did he mention if, if there are other vegan MLS players?
0: He didn't. I didn't ask him that specifically. He did not mention, like, anyone that had tried it that he used as a role model or or anything. So I'm guessing not, but uh, I don't know for sure. And also, David Beckham uh, did not ever play with with Husidic on the Galaxy, because I looked that up, and he actually stopped playing, I think, after 2011. Okay. Galaxy, which just means nothing to most soccer players. But to me, I thought, hey, David Beckham, LA Galaxy, that's cool. (laughs) That's the extent of my soccer fandom. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to an MLS game? I have. I've been to a DC United game.
1: Yep. Have you? Uh, just a, I've been to two DC United games, but that's it.
0: Okay. Nice. Maybe we were at the same game. Maybe. He did invite me to come, come to an LA Galaxy game, uh-huh. I was, which sounded pretty cool and something I will definitely do. Cool. Okay. Well, then enough of this banter. Let's get to the interview really quickly before we do. Uh, I want to plug the Holistic Holiday at Sea Vegan Cruise, which uh, set sail, as they say, at the end of February of 2016. So if the New Year's has you inspired with some sort of health goal um, or just you know the realization that you need to get away and give yourself a gift, uh, it's something I really, really would recommend. We had such a great time on it, my wife and I, last year, and uh, I was expecting it to be just a, like an entertaining go-like-a-cruise that happens to have a bunch of speakers on it. Um, but do the you know do the cruise thing of, of lots of food and lots of drinking and whatever just relaxing but it ended up being like a, a really big health reset and people told us it was going to be that and somehow i didn't believe it i kind of felt like oh, i don't really don't really need that i'm i'm feeling good but uh definitely kind of a big i don't know a turning point maybe because we stopped eating oil after that at home uh it just it, unexpectedly for me it, it really got me inspired about health and just i don't know i'm looking forward to it now for that reason really more than the the relaxing aspect that also is there because it's it a cruise but um it's just it's just a really cool health thing to do uh, so if you want to come do it before january 27th because there are a couple different uh upgrades you can get you know room room upgrades or something that are free and anytime before january 27th or not if you mention me matt fraser or no meat athlete when you sign up, then you will get a uh, $50 onboard credit if it's your first cruise. So uh, that's worth doing. You can find the info for that at com slash vegan dash cruise. Doug Hay will not be there. I will not. Not this year. Come and then get disappointed that he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. But one year, definitely. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Okay. Well, let's get to the interview and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. All
1: right. Hey,
0: I'm with Baggio Hucinich, uh who is a soccer player for the L.A. Galaxy, uh, which is really fun for me to talk to a pro athlete, and uh, Baggio, you're getting married soon. I am, uh, in uh, December 19th, so it's coming up pretty quickly. Yeah, cool. so and then, uh, and then you said a month-long honeymoon?
2: Yeah, that's, that's the plan. We're going, we're going down to uh, Southeast Asia for, for a while, so we're, we're both pretty stoked.
0: Wow, very cool. So, uh, so soccer is what you do. For, I mean, that's 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 full time thing, right? You don't need to do other things. I'm imagining, right? Yeah, fortunately not. Cool. It's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. So, do you uh do you do training throughout the off season, or is it kind of just? I mean, obviously you're staying conditioned, but is it is it like is the Galaxy working out over the over the off season, or is it just kind of do what you want for a few? Um, so months? we
2: have we have different um different guys that have different uh routines they they follow and different guys have different strength programs depending how the season goes if guys have had injuries and stuff then they do uh rehab strengthening in certain areas of the body to um prevent it for next year um and so for me i'm just my cardio has always been really good so for me i'm just doing heavier weights because throughout the season we don't do much heavy weights mostly higher rep lower weight
0: kind of stuff okay gotcha Cool. All right. So uh, I looked through a bunch of uh, the, the articles that have been written about you over the years, and uh, I mean, it seems like you had a really, <laughs> I guess, interesting is is probably not uh, not the well, right. That's a good word. Right? I mean, it's yeah. interesting, but but I think that there's much much more that can be said about it. Um, so can you just kind of give us like, I don't know, I mean, as long as you want, but but <laughs> the short version of uh, just, I mean, what you know, what what you went through in your childhood.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it as brief. I've uh, done it a few times. Yeah, um, sure. I was born in Bosnia, um, ex-Yugoslavia back then in 1987. Um, I have an older brother, Alan, and um mother and a father. They both grew up, born and raised in former Yugoslavia, um, then a communist country. And... Um, lived there for I mean my child was pretty good both my parents were pretty pretty wealthy people and had had good jobs both were accountants so life for me as a child was really was really good and a happy time um, around uh, 93 94 uh, a civil war was starting to kind of um, to form they were many different religions and different views of politics with all the different countries uh, combined, so things weren't looking very good. And um, there was a big clash between um, Serbia, Croatia, and Bosnia, who are independent countries right now. And we we decided, well, my parents decided, I was only seven years old, then. that the best thing to do was... Because you can hear the bombings coming closer, and the war getting louder and louder, and different stories coming back to the to the town about what's going on. And it was not a risk my parents were willing willing to uh, to take, so um, they decided to to flee. And so then the next year we spend um, kind of hiding from the from the wars, spending time in, in refugee camps. Usually, most of the refugee camps are on, on different on the border side of different countries. So we, we went to a refugee camp on the Croatian border where we stayed there for, for a full year. And then that was run by the, um, by NATO. So it, it was pretty safe. Um, at that point, I mean, I I guess you can call that safe during, during war, but, um, the problem during that time was a lot of the, Weapons or the tactics used during the war were landmines. So the place, the refugee camp we were staying was a destroyed city. That we once the once the war went through it, we went and stayed there for a year, and there were still a lot of mines left left uh, untouched. So a lot of kids and people were getting blown up by those. Um, so after a year and the, there, we um, snuck into. Croatia, um, onto, onto the other side, and my dad paid off one of his soldiers to kidnap us and bring us across, because uh, things weren't looking too good uh, on this side. So we hid uh, in Split, Croatia, for six months, um, and after that, that was that was pretty safe. The only problem was a lot of people were doing this, so the army was going around searching for for the refugees, um, and then that. German government allowed immigrants um, to enter Germany, and luckily we made that. We made that, and we ended up in Hamburg, Germany, no- northern part of Germany, and we spent um, three and a half years there, and that was pretty crazy. yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was you know, getting
0: older, and I was starting to realize what was going on, you know. Right, and the articles that I saw said said you. We're fighting every single day? I mean like literally fighting someone every day after school?
2: Yeah, so that the bull- bullying was a big big factor then and Because you um, were an immigrant? Is that I mean is that what it was? Yeah, when we were you could spot us from far away. I mean, all the clothes we had was given by the government. I mean we didn't we didn't look the, we didn't look like part of the, the German society and um there's a lot of disagreement with with the German people about allowing immigrants or not and um okay people opposed that very much so it wasn't the best situation but at least people weren't shooting shooting at you so it was more of just a (laughs) hand-on-hand beating um but i got pretty
0: good at fighting man so it wasn't too bad after (laughs) after a while right wow so i I mean i guess this is kind of a jump but because i want to talk about you know how you got into soccer as a professional um but you know, pe- people seem to infer that 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 was impactful on your the way that you play soccer now, or the way that you look at maybe training and everything. I mean, do, do you think it is is that directly affected by all that? Like, I mean, you know, it seems like the fighting and the toughness that, that would have to do with it in some way. But is it deeper than that? Yeah, I mean, I've been through like a. I'm I'm lucky
2: in a sense to be alive, and I think a lot of people say that they've been through. A, crazy moment in their life to get to appreciate life and appreciate a lot of things much more and that's definitely true for myself and my family and I'm very um, appreciative of what my parents were willing to sacrifice to jump into the unknown and just kind of leave everything behind and uh, my whole life I've respected that and I've always been much more determined than a lot of other people to succeed and put in the extra time and um do the necessary things off the field to put myself a step ahead of someone who's competing um mm-hmm. against me or competing for my spot so that that um knowing what I've been through and what could have been I'm very appreciative of where I am today and what I went through
0: and and do you think I mean what about diet I know that that the reason that you started eating vegetarian and then vegan was really ethical reasons right i mean about animals yeah so it was. do you think that i mean that's uh, yes, again so, a result of everything um in a sense yeah so
2: i grew up on a pretty much a dairy farm we had our own chickens cows we had you know over a thousand acres of land that belonged to my dad and you know it was a very um everything you eat you you provide from from your land so I grew up on a typical, you know, uh meat and dairy dairy diet and that was the culture in Bosnia so
1: mm-hmm.
2: um but I remember witnessing um them slaughter a cow which was completely normal then but to me even at that age 6 was really devastating and um I didn't think of think much of it then but then when I um got my own pets. I got a a cat and a dog. I just it was different. You know, you, you see you see them in a different way and you see all animals in a different way when you have a, a companion like that.
0: Right. Yeah, it's funny, that's uh that was for me the kind of the spark I mean I had been thinking about it for a while and then once I got a dog that was my own and it was the first time I had a pet that was my own, uh you know, it just it just kinda made me start Thinking like I don't want to be eating pigs when pigs are so much like this dog. I mean, in terms of intelligence, and uh, it just yeah. suddenly seemed really strange. So that's it. and and people always chuckle when I tell them that that was the the reason that it all started. People think that like that's not a big deal, but uh, I'm glad to hear that you say that that was the same thing. you Yeah, did. I mean, to me it is. I mean, I, I can't imagine
2: any any animal. You know, like I can't imagine someone kicking my dog or my my cat or trying to hurt them. I mean, what's the difference from that to any other animal?
0: Right, right. All right, so I want to ask more about diet, but let's uh let's give just the rest of the context. Yeah, so-
2: yeah let's let's get us to present. So <laughs> yeah. uh 97 in May the German government wants all, wants all the immigrants out. We end up winning a lottery visa to come to the United States. Um, we end up in government housing again in the South Side of Chicago for 6 months. Which was um, which was cool because it was just the summertime started and we were clo- close to Lake Michigan, which seemed like the ocean because it's so big. <laughs> right. And um, my parents started working. Um, they got to help m- two minimum wage jobs, and we kind of just slow. They slowly moved up. My dad got into construction, and you know, then it was a big boom in the construction time, so he was making decent money, and we kind of hopped from. Um, one neighborhood into into a better neighborhood to a better neighborhood until we ended up in a uh north northern suburb of Chicago called Libertyville, which is a really nice suburb um I joined a soccer team right when we moved to the u s um a German team because we were all fluent in German, so we thought one day would speak German, but no one really spoke German, which was <laughs> kind of funny to us and I kind of hopped from that team to the most elite team, which is called Soccer's FC from Palatine. And from there, I, uh, I did pretty well. I got recruited by uh, quite a few colleges. But um, to me, my family was really important, and I wanted to stay close in the to them. So both my brother and I both uh, went to a city school in Chicago called University of Illinois at Chicago. And I had... Um, two and a half really good years there, and I signed an early contract with the league. Um, I got drafted by the Chicago Fire, and I played there for three years. And then I've always wanted to try Europe, so I was signed for a Swedish team in Stockholm called Hammerby FC. Uh, FC and after that, two years there, um, I got signed by LA Galaxy, and right, we we're here.
0: Yeah. There we are. <laughs> that's as quick as I can <laughs> say it. No, it's good. I mean, that's perfect. That's that's the amount of detail that I think it, it certainly deserves. I think it's interesting. Um, so you, you mentioned that you jumped right to an elite team from from playing us on this German club team, right? In the yep. U.S.? So, yep. Like when – having gone through what you went through, when – I mean, I guess everyone uh, certainly more than here plays soccer. I mean, the U.S. is certainly not uh, on the forefront in the soccer world right now. Um, although growing, um, but like when when did you practice and like when when did you say I'm gonna take this really seriously and and do what it takes to I mean I'm, I'm guessing as a kid that you just kind of to being a pro as, as yeah, a lot I of mean, people do Yeah, I, I mean I just wanted to play soccer for a
2: living and my dad was a professional soccer player in uh, in Europe so that was kind of and in Europe everybody plays soccer and has the same exact dream so it's it was instilled in me since I was a young boy um so i always knew that i wanted to i mean i didn't know what that entailed when i was young but the older i get and the more competitive teams you you play for you realize like that yes there are people who are just complete talent and there isn't many of those but for the most of us it's that extra work and dedication to uh to succeed and i wasn't very good until i was like 17 years old i mean i was always hard working everything but Um, something clicked when I was, you know, 17, 18 and I just accelerated my, um, progress much faster than all my teammates and just kind of boomed at the right time.
0: So what, what would make you work hard? I mean, let's say once you're, I don't know, past the age of 13 or, and you realize that, that if you actually wanted to make this a a reality, that it would be a ton of work, um, because it was you know, my dad. I mean, my
2: dad was very influ- influential in that. We'd always do extra training with him, my brother and I, mm-hmm. and um, it was ins- that's what we enjoyed doing. Uh, we'd go and train by ourselves with with our dad, and we knew the more we trained, the better we were getting, and we were uh, passing all of our teammates. Um, we were getting better and better, and I realized that at a very young age that the actual practices are a big difference, and. I'm improving much at a much faster rate than a lot of my friends.
0: Uh-huh. So even when you say that you weren't very good before seventeen, like when you were doing that extra training and working this hard, were you were you in your mind saying, I'm doing this because I'm going to be a pro at this, even though I'm not very good right now, I, I know this is going to pay off
2: Yeah. I mean um for me I wasn't a fast player. Um I was also I was very technical and when my athleticism caught up my my um my technical skill was on a much higher level than all my teammates hmm. but I, I just didn't i didn't develop um my strength and my speed until i got older and once that caught on you know that's when i when i clicked that i'm on a much different level than a lot of
0: my teammates right okay gotcha yeah, I, I just think it's. I mean, everyone, every kid dreams of being a pro athlete. I guess not every yeah. kid, but so many do. So it's it's just interesting to hear how that go because so many, you know so many want that, but then when it really comes time to work really really hard at it, once they realize I'm I'm not really like I'm naturally better than everyone else in the world at this, um, you know, that's when everyone drops it. So it just I don't know. I just love that stuff to hear what people do. Do work yeah. Hard. I mean, you think you think about all.
2: Like the being a pro is fun, but people don't realize how dedicated you have to be. Like you're sixteen, seventeen years old and you have Saturday morning games and all your friends are out on a Friday night doing something and you know at that age you're deciding that you don't wanna do that, but you'd rather get some sleep and be able to wake up and have energy. I mean that's you realize at an early early age that the determination you need to be a pro and it's even more the older you get. So,
0: yeah, it's funny like that. That is sounds like marathon training as an adult. I mean, th- that you, you make that exact same sacrifice, uh, not to the same extent for sure. But I think that's probably what a lot of people are seeking when they when they do that. I mean, I always think that one of the reasons I like running is because it gives you a chance to do something that that is incredible to you know like to me that I could one day run twenty six miles. That was amazing when I wasn't a runner. So even right. though that's not an elite athletic accomplishment. It, for me, it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And so, like, to to be, you know, to, to make, going in early on Friday nights and getting up early on Saturdays to get the runs in when everyone else is doing something you'd really rather be doing, yeah. uh, I, you know, I think it's, it's capturing some bit of that, you know, for, for the rest of us who aren't, who can't be pro athletes. Yeah, it um, so. feels
2: good. It feels good to, um, to be able to get in at 9 o'clock, to be in bed and wake up at 6 o'clock and while a lot of your friends are recovering at 11 o'clock from a hangover and you've done already so much in the morning you've trained you've done everything you could and you know that for me that's a pretty cool feeling
0: okay before we move on to the next question let's take a quick minute to thank our sponsors this episode of no meat athlete radio is brought to you by aloha the holidays are approaching fast keep them outpaced with 18 energizing muscle building grams of plant-based protein Aloha protein powder is filled with the very best whole food ingredients like organic peas, hemp, and pumpkin seeds that keep you going all season long. And best of all, Doug, Aloha is the best protein powder I've ever tasted because it's not sweetened with stevia like so many other vegan protein powders. It's sweetened with real apple juice and coconut sugar, and I actually appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. And for an extra boost of whole food, whole body, happy, healthy holiday energy, add Aloha Daily Good Greens to the mix. Just choose one of three delicious blends, chocolate, berry, or original, and pour into your favorite water, juice, smoothie, or dressing. You'll get a full serving of fruit and veggie goodness and a huge burst of energy. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Visit aloha.com and enter protein code ALOHA20 to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015.
1: And this episode is also brought to you by Thrive Market. We all know that healthy eating is part of becoming a better person. So if you're anything like meat, you care a lot about the food that you put in your body. The problem is that good food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Thrivemarket.com is the Costco meets Whole Foods online. It's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices shipped nationally for free. You can easily filter by your preferences, gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, even fair trade. They even have the best non-toxic household, beauty pet and baby products on the market i just ordered a pack of vegan beef jerky and i'm super pumped to try it out but what i love about thrive market the most is their charitable mission for every paid membership thrive market donates a free membership to a low-income family teacher student or veteran it's truly a great cause to start saving now go to thrivemarket.com slash no meat athlete to start your free 30-day trial and get 20 percent off your first order
0: All right, so uh, none of this—I mean, the story we've been talking about—none of that really was was uh, you eating a plant-based diet. Th- that's a, a fairly recent thing. I think 2013 or 14, you you made the switch. Yeah. Okay. 2000,
2: 2013 was the start. So 2000, yeah, around 2012 to 2013 was when I cut out meat. So I, I saw a couple of documentaries, you know, Food Inc. and stuff, and that was just—I couldn't believe it that this is where we're getting our food. Yeah. Um, and then I read the China study. I watched different uh, forks over knives. I read a couple of books and um, it, it just, you're just seeking so much knowledge, so much information and you just can't believe you did that and <laughs> ate this. And, you know, you just become more over, overwhelmed with the, the stuff, the media and, and Google tells you, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think everyone listening to this, or most listening to this, can relate uh, to that that period when when you do just sort of catch wind of what what's going on and what you've been doing, and you just kind of go on this this binge of reading everything you can and watching everything you can. Um, but but you as a pro athlete, I mean, why didn't when when you started feeling this way about because you had pets, you saw these documentaries? How come it just didn't? a switch didn't just shut it down and say, I can't do this because I'm a pro athlete. Like, you know, so many other people that, that probably is the train of thought. I can't, this just isn't a possibility. It's not worth any kind of risk. You can't get enough protein. You can't get enough calories. How come for you? that didn't happen. I had, when I was playing in Stockholm,
2: I was always the fittest guy in preseason. I was always top one, top two distance covered on, on the field. But I, um, started I'd always get cramp in my calves like no matter I thought it was my hydration you know I never really thought about what it was my diet Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: when I cut out meat completely from that I realized that my cramps went away I'm like whoa (laughs) what what major change did I do to my regular regular life and it was taking taking out And I'm like well I gotta I gotta dig into this so I started researching and obviously all these other things come up and I stumbled upon Dr. Campbell's China study and that was just like okay well if I'm cutting out meat I'm cutting cutting out all all animal product and it was just the coolest coolest feeling in the body and the feeling of being able to have your endurance you know go up by 20 30% your recovery rate <laughs> just it was ridiculous my energy level I mean everything in in the first 2 weeks and then it was just getting better and better. The cleaner I ate, the better I felt. And it was just like, I mean, I could prolong my career by two, three years by taking care of my body. So yeah. it, was, it was a cool discovery.
0: I, I'm definitely, and I think I, people listening to this are probably saying like, yes, like we all get that. And of course, not as pro athletes, but like that that's what everyone's saying. And what, the, the, you know, we're reading stuff from Brendan Brazier and, and yeah. Roll and Scott Jerker. They're saying this is helping me do what I do. Um, but I just, I mean, when you gave up meat, like why, wasn't that a huge decision for you? Like, like what, what would happen if this doesn't work? I mean, I guess you could just go back if, if it didn't work, but weren't, were people telling you, no, you can't do this. It's not going to work. You're going to ruin your career or anything like that. Um, at at that point, um, our team didn't have a
2: sports nutritionist, you know, we didn't have like, um, with the, with the galaxy we have so much scientific data that literally tracks everything you do, everything you eat. Yeah. I to ask about this too. You <laughs> know, like there's so, so much stuff, but while I was playing Stockholm, they, they didn't really, they weren't into that. I mean, they tracked like your my like what you ran and your recovery process and all that stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't as detailed as it is here. Hmm. And I just knew by myself that this is working and I'm feeling better and better every single day. And, I don't need people to tell me that's not the case because I feel it. <laughs> right. You know, like my body's telling me this is really good, and I'm feeling great, and I'm feeling better and better. So I, I didn't, I didn't need a scientist to come and tell me anything. Like I knew myself that this is the right decision.
0: Yeah, cool. That that's great to hear. Um. So regarding all the all the dad, I saw in in one interview, you mentioned that you were like on, I think on the galaxy in, in the top three in recovery time on the team or something. Yeah, uh, and you talk about miles covered. Like, how how is that? Where are they getting that data? Are you wearing something while you? No, so they have
2: they had this the software that that's around the whole field that tracks how many sprints you make, how many five yard ball passes you make, ten yard passes, fifteen yard. I mean, it tracks okay. everything. How many balls you miss? Like, it's it's pretty uh, impressive what they can track and how fast you're running and um, what area of the field your your heat map. You know, like. All that stuff, and when I I went full out plant based um, last last year in 2014, pretty much, oh. and I had the best season of my career. I didn't miss one training session, which is very rare for a soccer player. I played in every single game. Um, it was we ended up winning the the whole league, so just everything together. Was was the most impressive um, year year of my professional career.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. So so specifically recovery time, like how how are they measuring that? Because I people would love to be able to track that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, gonna- so. Okay.
2: They do this. Um, should I forget what it's called? But they they measure your heart rate and your somehow they measure your nervous system how it, how it responds like your fatigue levels. Uh huh. F- 24 or 48 hours after the game depending when they decide to do it. And there's a comp- they have this computer that measures all that frequency and stuff in your in your um in your system and they somehow come up with it and my numbers are the highest you can get is 6 and I'm you know mo- almost every time in the 6s even though I've played random most or played the most minutes. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's that's really neat to hear because you do. I mean, every pro athlete I talk to or elite athlete I talk to, they always cite that as one of the huge benefits is recovery. And yeah. uh, you know, I feel like as as just recreational athletes, we can we can sense that and and notice that and hope that's what's happening. Uh, but it's interesting here that that you you know that it can be quantified and that and that you're seeing that it actually that that your plant based diet is actually helping with that.
2: Yeah, well, well, think about stock. I mean, you're. You have a game Saturday, you're off Sunday, you come in regen Monday, you you usually take that test uh, to check out out your recovery, how well you've recovered and what percentage your body is at and your fatigue levels and then that's just on Monday, it's just massages, either water workout or something and then Tuesday, you're, you're back at training. So, the faster you recover and the better you recover, the less prone you are to injury on Tuesday and the harder you can go and you know, the better chance of you, you have of, of, you know, keeping your spot.
0: Sure. Right. So what about teammates or other players in the league? I mean, are, are they, is it piquing their curiosity at all that seeing that, seeing you having these results or, or is it more, sort of just a, I don't know, a denial sort of situation with like, oh, that well, doesn't, that's, that's, a um,
2: you know, being a plant-based athlete, I think is still taboo in, in soccer because, mm-hmm. uh, soccer is a, is a mix between you know a lot football and in a sense um, a marathon because you're not sprinting the whole time you know you're at you're a constant pace but you also have to be able to sprint and be powerful so it's a it's a unique unique uh, sport when it comes to being plant-based and, and, and light on your feet and but they still expect you to be very powerful obviously it's not as powerful the football players because they're in a whole different level. But we run it at a constant pace, and then we're ex- we're expected to to sprint and accelerate. So it was <clears throat> it was very um, difficult at first to convince what was happening. But you know the science behind what I accomplished that year doesn't lie. You know, so anytime something happens, I you know bring it back to that. I'm like, well, look at your data. Look look at what your computer is telling you. You know, see see that my recovery is best in the team. I'm covering distance. I'm playing while I, I've played every single game. I haven't missed one training session. There, You know, there's a reason for that. Maybe you can call it luck. I don't know. I I don't think so. Because <laughs> yeah. that wasn't happening to me in the past.
0: Right. Uh, that's, uh, that's, it's really amazing. So, I mean, so, I mean has anyone, is anyone considering doing it? Or, or have you? Yeah, so my... Roommate on the on the on the road. He um,
2: when we started rooming, he kind of found out what I'm about with my with my diet. And his wife, they were pregnant, and I gave him the China study. He read it, <clears throat> and uh, his wife went plant based through through while she was pregnant, and to this day, their daughter just turned one uh, two days ago. So. His wife is full plant based. He um, he's mostly vegetarian. He'll occasionally have, you know, meat <clears throat> meat here and there on, on some road trips. But he's uh, thirty three and he's never felt better in his life hmm. in his professional career. That's great. Yeah. So it's slowly, you know, guys are, you know, everyone races after, after to. After lunch, to grab as much of the fruit because I always eat all the fruit. <laughs> before All the guys get in there, <laughs> so it's become a joke. And you know, or sports nutritionist who um, monitors all all the stuff that we all the stuff we eat has added much more much more greens and and raw raw food rather than what it, what it used to be in the years past. So, right, a lot right. of things are changing, and you know, it's mostly people just looking and wondering how it would be and. Some guys will try it for a week or two and see how great they feel, but uh, I just can't give up meat. So yeah, you know. But guys are guys are catching on.
0: That's good. Uh, I remember Landon Donovan was on the cover of uh, Brenda Brazier's Thrive magazine a few years ago. Do you remember that? Yes, he he did that as well. Um, his twin
2: sister raises her kids on a vegan vegan uh, plant based diet. Okay, but, uh, I. Actually, I was with him a couple of months ago we were um doing some film or something and we asked i asked him why why he stopped and he he said he was uh he wasn't
0: committed enough <laughs> yeah i guess all right yeah um yeah so yeah I remember hearing that he that he wasn't vegan I didn't even know that he had tried it or yeah he he tried it for a while
2: and you know he he, maybe it wasn't the right thing for him, but mm-hmm. he still eats really well. You know, it's it's not it's not like you have to be full hundred percent vegan. You can still cut out some things and f- still feel much better than what you felt like before.
0: Yeah, completely agree there. That that I mean, the ethical thing is different, and, and I think at least for me, it, it's important to be hundred percent. But when it comes to health, I, I really am of the belief that uh, that you do not need to be all the way here and i think the closer you can get the, the better probably in most cases but uh but yeah i think that's important yeah um you mentioned the raw fruits and vegetables how how do you personally eat like i mean i don't know i don't want to ask you what, what a typical day is but but like what what kind of foods do you eat is it a lot of high raw and lots of fruits and vegetables i mean i'm guessing yeah, so it's not I, much junk food
2: I, um i eat a lot of a lot of fruit and uh, and vegetables um i mean i'll give you a quick thing what, about my uh i guess daily thing what i would do i would um training starts at 10 o'clock we have to be there 9 i'm usually up around 6 30 and um i'll take down like a liter of water with some lemon and apple cider vinegar let that soak in a little bit and then i'll ha- i always make homemade granola um with a bunch of different superfoods nuts whatever i i feel during the during the season um, with almond milk some frozen blueberries and that that keeps me keeps me going until you know after training and around lunchtime and um uh, lunch I'll have a raw vegan shake after training right right on the field and um for lunch um usually there's a huge platter of different salads um or chef he does all his own uh, produce, hmm. so um, he'll he'll have fresh beets. Um, esp- I mean, you you name it, he'll throw it on the kale salads, um, different beans, different nuts. The guy the guy's really good, so <laughs> there's plenty of options for, and that's where I get most of my uh, raw raw food is from my uh, from my lunch, and I bring bunch of home to snack on. Um, And then for dinner is the fun time where you get to experiment with different vegan food and, um, you know, that can go from a black bean burger with yucca fries and some homemade guac all the way to something super fancy like uh, vegan ravioli with vegan, you know, tofu ricotta. Mm Mm-hmm you know, like a vegan ricotta that I make with silky tofu and nutritional yeast. So, you know, that's the fun part about eating this way. You get to experiment with different foods and I I really enjoy cooking. So um, my dinners are very different from (laughs) one another.
0: Right, right. Interesting. So do you, um, I mean, are you trying, I'm guessing not, are you you trying to stick to certain numbers i mean ratios of protein to carbohydrate to fat and calorie numbers and all that um no i um
2: during the season i tend to eat a bit more fatty just because i'm i'm burning a lot more calories so i'll eat quite a few more nuts than than usual um so i get, i guess during the season i i eat a little bit higher fat um but you know, the great thing about eating plant based, everything kind of balances itself out. So I'm yeah. not really too
0: worried about that. Right. Gotcha. Um so what what about around workouts? I mean you mentioned what you did. What are the certain principles you follow like like immediately after a workout, are you trying to get certain things? You mentioned the, the the shake that you get.
2: Yeah so right after right after the training or or weight session I'll throw in a I'll take down a um, a big protein shake, and then um, depending if there if there's lunch right after, I'll I'll make sure to consume to consume a good amount. My lunches are pretty big because I'll sit there and eat for a long time, and like I'll have two big plates of fruit, then a big plate of salad, and then <laughs> whatever I left I have left in me, I'll go after the the more um complex stuff. You know, if there's some farro, faro salads or other things if I have if I have room left in me.
0: Gotcha. Cool. I, a, that sounds amazing. It's it's a fantasy world. Pro athlete, you get you get, and that the, the lunch stuff is all made by the team chef. Yeah, guy.
2: yeah. The th- we have a team chef who's awesome, and he's a big big hippie guy who you know loves talking about how to make a <laughs> garden and stuff. So I I, re- I I enjoy my time with him and. You know, he, he knows the way I eat and he's all about it, so he'll get catch, catch me before training. He's like, Roger, today I, got, I brought my fresh beets, so I'm do the first one first one there and You're the other guy love,
0: who gets excited about the fresh beets, I guess. Oh,
2: uh, but yeah, I, I love I love beets so and he they come fresh and I I just go and get there real early. <laughs> have one to go on the side, hide it hide
0: it in the in the lounge. Gotcha. Cool. Good. All right, well uh I think that's I think that's about it. We've gone a good amount of time here, and uh, yeah. this has been fun for me. I, I really like talking about this stuff, and like we said, I I think it's so cool that that this th- this thing that we've all suspect and like like to talk about and like to hope is true, and I mean have some evidence that it's true. But a, a case like yours, where you know someone who wasn't plant based went plant based, and then you're seeing yeah. in in the form of lots of scientific data. Um, the improvement that that's happening and, and it's so cool that you did it for an ethical reason. And then this, that this health benefit uh, yeah, just kind of it just flowed right along with to,
2: it. to work out for me um, the right way. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, the scientific stuff at first I did it for, you know, because of my pets and I knew I was feeling better, but then to see the scientific backing behind it was okay. Yeah. Right. No way. I will, I will, I wouldn't go back anyways to ever consuming animal product, but, it's really uh, it's nice knowing that the stuff is working and you're f- feeling
0: great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, to bring it back once more to my own story, that's exactly what happened to me. I, I did it for ethical reasons and then uh, was really surprised to find that I was running faster than ever and, and achieving the goals that I wanted to. and it was just such a total yeah. like bonus that <laughs> I didn't expect at all. So um, very cool to hear that, that you've experienced the same thing on a on a much uh, <laughs> more elite higher level. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I guess that's it. Thanks a lot. I mean, good good luck with uh, with the wedding and, and the yeah, honeymoon. Dude. Congratulations, that's that's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to hearing how uh, how the month long honeymoon in South Asia goes.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's <laughs> good talking to you, man. We'll uh, keep in touch and best of luck to you, man.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. We'll uh, we'll definitely meet up in person sometime next time. Yeah, I'm sounds good. In you LA. Come check out a game. Oh, that be that would be amazing. All right, brother. Have All right, thanks a lot. You too.
1: Bye. bye.